struggles, straining to see his hand at work in me. In the middle of confusion, my doubts and delusions, I wonder if God is even listening. But when he chapter and book, but I want to read a couple of scriptures. Um, Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no name under heaven given among men by much by which we must be saved. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion above every other name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Let them praise the name of the Lord. So that's whose name is above every other name. For his name alone is exalted and his majesty is above earth and heaven. So this morning, you can praise the Lord with me this morning. (laughs) A thousand generations falling down in worship to sing the song of ages to the Lamb. And all who've gone before us and all who will believe will sing the song of ages to the Lamb. 
You are the God you say you are when I'm afraid. You come and still my beating heart. You stay the same. When hope was just a distant thought, you take my pain. And you lead me to the cross. And what love is this that you gave your life for me?
have a new body because when you stand in the presence of the Lord it's weakening to this flesh when you stand in the presence of the Holy Spirit it's hard to stand that's why it says when I fall to my knees I wish I could fall to my knees right now they hurt too much but one of these days I'll get to bow at his feet oh I thank him this morning don't you love Jesus this morning hallelujah You've been walking the same old road for miles and miles. If you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies. If you're trying to fill the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. We've all searched for the light of day in the dead of night. We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fight. And we've all run to things we know just ain't right. But there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. same old road for miles and miles if you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies if you've been trying to fill the same old holes inside there's a better life there's a better life if you got pain he's a pain taker and if you feel lost Testify, testify. If you believe it, if you 
Savior if you got changed. He's a chain breaker. If you believe it, if you receive it, if you can feel it, somebody testify. If you believe it, and if you receive it, if you can feel it, somebody testify. If you believe it, if you receive it, if you can feel it, somebody testify. Can I testify for just a second? There's a better life. There's a better life. Hallelujah. There's a better life. You don't have to settle for where you are. There's a better life. Oh, that touched me so much. I, they're the first song we were singing about God's voice, and I love the voice of the Lord, and I love how I can hear his voice and how amazing that is and how I take that for granted. Did you ever go, like, a long period of time where you didn't hear God's voice? Like, you just, and it's not because God stopped speaking. It's because you just stopped listening. And then all of a sudden, you just feel drawn, and then you can hear his voice again for the first time. That is the most amazing sound in the world. And I take it for granted. But there is a better life because the God that speaks to me is the God who sits on the throne of heaven. And he, he is awesome and wonderful. And we're about to sing. I have never sang with these people in my life. Hi. My name is Mandy. It's nice to meet you all. But I don't care because I'm singing about the Lord and I love him so much. And there's a better life, so sing with us this morning, and let's worship the Lord. I don't even know what we're... Behold, Jehovah, seated on the throne, Abba, Father, the well that overflows, the God who was and and shall be forevermore. Holy is the Lord. Let's sing that again. Behold. Behold Jehovah seated on the throne. Abba, Father, the well that overflows, the God who was and shall be forevermore. Holy is the Lord. Amen. Amen. 
truth and the light. Perfect Savior, the blood that washed us white, the God who was and is and shall be
I praise God for what God is doing. Looks like half the church left. Maybe I'll go out there. Oh. <laughs> but uh, had a rough time this week, a little bit, and I wrestled with myself a little bit all week. And I told my wife Friday morning, I said, I have no idea what to talk about. I actually come to the place where I thought, Lord, you ain't giving me nothing because you want me to just give my testimony. And I thought, well, maybe that's what God wants me to do. But then Friday afternoon, I sat down with my Bible and I started looking through things I'd been looking through all week. But all of a sudden, God began to reveal the, what he wanted me to say. So I want you to hear something. There's a mystery going on in this life. The mystery of the gospel is there. Sometimes you can walk in and out of different churches. Sometimes you can walk in and out of different places. And there's a, uh, how do you say it, a spirit of what's going on. You can go to the ball game and you can't help but get excited when your ball team is doing good and everybody's jumping up and cheering. It kind of catches on. But how many knows those spirits those spiritual things or those things that get your spirit stirred up are things of the world. The things of the world are still dying. If you don't connect what you're doing and connect to the spirit of God, because the spirit of God is eternal, and it is what God wants us to connect to. And that's why in the church house, we cannot turn the church to a place that is like the world. We have to stay with the presence of God. So I praise God for his presence this morning. I praise him for the songs. I praise him for what he's doing. But more than anything, I want you to see through something today. I want you to see something that I believe God had planned all the way from the beginning to the end. I want you to understand that God had a mystery going on all the way back from the beginning. He knew man would fall, but he had a plan, and you're going to see that before I get done. But I want you to hear it. I want you to turn, if you've got your Bible, I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians again, the second chapter. I ended there Sunday night, but I'm going to go back and touch on something that I think what was being said there. There's a mystery. There, there's also a mystery of iniquity that 2 Thessalonians 2.7 talks about, and it's going on in the world. How many knows there's an evil going on in the world? It, it's moving across our nations, and it's moving through. The Antichrist is getting in every direction, and it's evil, and it's called the mystery of iniquity, the mystery of sin. They don't even call it sin no more. They don't even call it that. They can kill babies and not call it a, uh, killing a baby. They can have every kind of argument in the world for what they want to do, but it's mankind's argument. But when you get back to God, and I won't, don't want to give the enemy no credit today, I want to talk about what God has planned from the beginning. I want you to look in 1 Corinthians, the second chapter. I want you to look at verse 6. It says, How be it, we speak wisdom among them that are perfect. Now, don't get hung up on that word perfect. It just means that's matured, grown up in Christ. There, you, know, you know there's churches full of people that are just beginning, 
Some have been on the way a long time, but ain't gone a long ways. As far as in the gospel, I'm not picking on nobody. I'm telling you, God is trying to do a work in every one of us. But there's also those that have matured themselves as far as they have stayed with whatever God has given them and been faithful to it, and God has shown them things, and the enemy comes by with the wind of doctrine or wind of something, and it don't knock them off their, off their rock. They're still built on the rock of Christ, and they hang on to him. And they know how to, how do you say it? Defend the gospel. They're going to defend what is true. But it says here, how be it we speak, this is Paul talking, we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of the world, nor of the princes of this world that comes to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. God has sent forth this wisdom of God. Now, I want to tell you something. Paul's saying it, and I want you to get to it because I want you to hear it. When Jesus Christ came, he spoke in parables. That's in Matthew 13. When he started began to talk about the parable of the sower, went out to sow in different grounds. And they asked him, and they came to Jesus and said, why do you speak in parables? And Jesus said, they don't have what you have. Now listen to me. He said it down in Matthew. I'm just going to go ahead and read part of it because I'm going to skip through that. He said, uh, he answered and said, and because it is given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it's not given. Jesus was preaching and he was using parables which are uh, illustrations, stories, and, and things told. Sometimes it's used in human life, sometimes it's human, human nature. But he uses those parables uh, to bring out a truth to somebody, to explain something. You know, like we want to hear you want to hear just what the Bible says. We can just talk about the Bible says, but sometimes God gives you an illustration. Sometimes God gives you something that helps make it understandable. To a young person or a young person in Christ, you kind of give those illustrations to explain how things are happening. But God is working, and Christ is the beginning of this. All the way through time, there's been a pointing to Christ. All the way through time, there's been a pointing to the day that you and I are in. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the prophets wrote it. I'm talking about they was given it and they wrote it down and it was coming. Do you think, I thought about this morning when Connie was talking, do you think that Moses or Abraham or King David would have made the choices if Jesus was in their time that the, that the Pharisees and the scribes would do? Connie, they knew Christ. They knew God. When David sat down and wrote, he knew God. Do you think he didn't speak of the days that Christ would come? Do you think Isaiah, which wrote about him being crucified, do you think he would have, Isaiah would have turned on Christ when, if he lived during his time? See, I think they had something that God put inside them that was so real that they said to themselves, He's coming. He's coming. He's bringing what the, the greatest day there is is when, the, when God will come with man. And Jesus came. 
but he didn't come. And I know he came to save us. He came to die on that cross. We talked about it last week. And that's foolishness to the world. To believe that actually somebody died 2,000 years ago, yet I can do the bad sins and walk up here and get forgiveness. And it can be wiped away because what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. You either make up your mind to believe the plan of salvation that God made or you will miss it and you will be left out. But I want you to see something that even goes deeper. He goes on to say in that Matthew, I know I've switched over on you, but he went on to say, for whosoever hath to him shall be given to him and he shall have more abundantly. But whosoever hath not from him shall be taken even that he hath. Therefore speak I to them in parables because they seeing see not and hearing they hear not. Neither do they understand. I want you to understand something. All of the Pharisees and scribes during Jesus' time, they knew the word of God. They had the knowledge and we have a lot of knowledge today. We have a lot of ministries that have a lot of knowledge today. But can I tell you something? You can get real smart knowing all the words, right? But if you don't walk the walk and talk the talk, and if the power of God and the glory of God and the honor of God is upon you, guess what? This church is useless if all we have is knowledge. We have to have presence of God. And I'm not exalting us. I'm trying to tell you, I want it wherever I am at, and I want it where my children are going to be, and I want it wherever God intended it for it to be, to let God have his way in our hearts. If we don't grow up in God, if we don't learn who God is, you know, this old lie that come out of hell, just come and get my ticket, and I'm fixed to go to heaven. It doesn't matter what I do after this. That's a lie that come out of hell. Because it's making people sit down and they know not the God that they serve. They have completely missed it. Go back up into 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I want you to look at verse 7. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I have not seen nor hear, hear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. I tell you right now, Paul's not just talking about heaven. Listen to what I'm telling you. I have not seen and ear has not heard what God has planned. But what God has planned is for you and I to become mature and know what it is to have the gospel and to have the, the power of God inside of us. How many knows when it's inside of you, it can't help but come out. If you love somebody, if you fall in love and you follow up to know God and the more you know of him, the more you love him, guess what? You're going to get to the place you can't keep your mouth shut. Can I tell you, I was a quiet kid when I got saved. I was still quiet. And I was quiet most of my young life. But can I tell you something? Something got a hold of me. Something got inside of me. And all of a sudden, I couldn't shut my mouth. And sometimes I should have shut it. But there was something inside of me that was trying to stir up 
what I knew God was saying inside of me. I'm, I'm not trying to tell you be like nobody but who you are, but I want to tell you something. Listen to the voice of God because when God's speaking to you, when God's teaching you something, when God's worse being worshipped, get into it. Begin to understand this is not here for somebody else. It's here for me. Our churches are to be full of the power of God and the presence of God. And we have people that's been on the way for a long time and they know exactly what, what, what I'm talking about. We need to have the presence of God because we're all still growing. We're all still working at this. It goes on to say, but it's written, I have not seen. Verse 10, but God hath revealed them to us by what? His spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knows, the, what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of a man, which is in him. Even so, the things of God knows no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. How many knows you've got salvation free, but how many knows there's a table spread before you? There's a table of things that God is trying to get you to grab a hold of and feed upon him. Because why? It's the only way you're going to grow. It's the only way you're going to be prepared for him to use you down the road. You have to grow up in him. You have to get involved. The same way with spiritual things. You have to let the spirit of God do the work in you. If you sit back and say, I refuse that spiritual stuff, I'm just going to sit here and learn the Bible. I'm going to tell you something. The spirit of God, it will honor the presence of God. It will honor the word of God. And it'll implant it in you and you'll begin to understand and knowledge. That's what Paul's trying to say. He didn't go to these churches. He would just, he didn't go one time and then skip them. He worried about them. He constantly went back and sent letters back to them. Why? He was trying to teach them. Don't you let these people bring you back into the, into the law. Don't you let them bring you back into this or that. He's trying to tell them, stay with what you started with. Stay with the very presence that changed your life. And he goes on, now we have received not the spirit of the world but the spirit of God that we may know the things that are freely given to us of God which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teach but which the Holy Ghost teaches comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receives not the things of the spirit of God they are foolishness to him. Neither can he, can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Uh-oh. Let me tell you something. You want to know why sometimes you don't understand what's going on in church? Because you're not spiritually discerning. Discerning's a hard word. Discerning is saying, you know what? I, I, used, I used to have my father told me one time, he, and I told this before, he come and told me, he said, I was about 16 years old, and he comes over to me and he says, Tim, 
take this car down. Now take the back wheel off, put it in the trunk, take the wheel on the other, on the front and this side and put it to the back. And he started crossing all these tires going everywhere. And he started telling me, now go down there and have that guy do that for me. And I just looked at him. And he, he, had that, he looked at me like, you dummy, you have no idea what I just said. So he turned to Vicky and said, Vicky, take this, truck, take this car down there and do this. Hurt my feelings when he turned to Vicky, but I thought to myself, I really didn't know what he meant. I, I couldn't get the tires straight. I couldn't figure out what he was talking about. Back then, we didn't just buy four new tires. We used whatever we had. And Pop was swapping them around. But he looked at me like, boy, that boy's dumb as a rock. He cannot figure out what I just said. But he knew in his head exactly what needed to happen. Sometimes we look at things as, as that's silly. God knows exactly what he's trying to do in you and I. He wants us to simply stay with the stuff, st simply stay with what he is trying to teach you. They are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. Now I'm going to tell you something. There's a, there's a guilt in this. Number one, he that is spiritual judges all things. I don't even have to tell you, and I ain't a smart person, nor am I so spiritual that I'm somebody. But can I tell you something? I can watch television, and I can watch commercials and say them are ungodly, don't need to be on that television. But the world is like, whoa, look how smart we're getting. Look how good we're getting. And I can tell you, but you know what? They can't understand this gospel when they walk in the door. How many knows? We're not judged by nobody because really they don't know how to judge us. They think we've lost our mind. We're happy about nothing. What are you happy about? Why do you keep showing up and you sing the same songs and you jump up and down and act like you just got thrilled to death? I tell you why, why they don't understand it. They have no under spiritual knowledge of what's going on. They're blinded to it. But I'm going to tell you something. That was a mystery from years ago, but it's not the mystery now if you'll come and receive it. I mean, here's what I'm saying. God said, I had a mystery all this time, and I brought it through my son, and he paid the price for you, and now I sent the Holy Spirit to bring out to you this great mystery. You can grow up in Christ and be strong in Christ, and you can watch him work in you. Church, he can do anything he wants to with this little church that he wants to because you know why? He's big enough to do it. It don't take you and it don't take me. It takes him. It's not our wisdom. It's not our It's what God is trying to do. God, look throughout the history of the things that God has done through one faithful servant. One little Billy Graham, one little Jimmy Swagger, one little whoever you like that you think God has really blessed that person and really brought a lot of work through them. And you can look and say, wow, where did they come from? What put that in them? I think sometimes when I'm thinking about stuff like that, I think about Caleb. Caleb never got called to do anything other than go out and spy the land out. And then later, when he was 40 years after they refused to go into the land, Caleb and Joshua was the only two that got to go into it. But Caleb 
All he wanted 40-something years, 45 years later, was at 85 years old, I want to lead my people. 85-year-old jumped up and said, you ain't taking my place. Don't replace me. I'm as young as I ever was. Why, inside of him, he knew that he had a spirit inside of him, and it was even said of of when when they were called that he has a different spirit in him. How do you know? How, how, how can we not know that God knows exactly what He's trying to do? He knows exactly who He can use, and He knows exactly what He's raised you up for. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that He may instruct Him? But we have the mind of Christ. That's what I wanted you to read, and that's what I wanted you to hear, because we have the mind of Christ now. So when you think, I don't know how to handle this, I don't know, my little testimony don't mean nothing. Yes, it does. God is trying to do a work in you. God is trying to show you as an example before everyone in your little circle of life. And when you walk it out and when you let the Holy Spirit go, all of a sudden, God's doing a work through you and somebody saw Jesus in you and needed to know they needed to be saved. And somebody came to Christ and then began to work in them. And you know what? I said this before. I think Billy Graham told the story of some little woman teacher, a little older woman teacher that taught him and two or three other men that became great ministers. But all he was was just a boy in a class. She didn't know who he was going to be, but she was faithful to teach him about God. How many knows what we're doing means something? And when you come to the house of God, don't come to the house of God looking about who's going to, and my favorite singer here is my favorite people here. If not, I don't really care if I go to church. Well, let me tell you something, you're coming for the wrong reason. You need to come to understand that the power and the Spirit of God is trying to do a work through the people. And if we are prepared when we go out that door, guess what? God's going to use us one way or the other. He's going to use, and the world ain't never going to understand you. They're not going to pat you on the back and tell you how great you are. They're not going to tell you how lovely you are. You're so precious. You get up and go to church on Sunday. Oh, you must know. They're waiting to see Christ in you. And Christ will bring, you, bring it out through you. You are the vessels that he's trying to reach this world with. Apostle Paul knew this. Apostle Paul talked about the mystery. I want you to turn to Ephesians, if you will. Ephesians, the first chapter. Ephesians, the first chapter. Look at verse 9. Listen to what Paul's telling the Ephesian church. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will. Now, already, I want you to understand something. When I read that in Matthew, what he's talking to the disciples when they came to him and asked him that question, he said, you have already received it. More or less, you already see the power of God in Christ. And you know what he's doing? He's preparing them. He's preparing them, setting them up. 
You know, it's like he was talking this morning about Jacob or whoever. If you come to a place where God and you've been studying your word and you're hungry to find out what God wants and to find out where I fit, God, what do you want me to do? I can't, I'm not really good at nothing, but Lord, if you can use me, I'm going to sit down here and I'm going to learn of you and I'm going to keep learning of you until I know you have spoken to me to what I should walk and do. Let me tell you something, that's how everybody starts. And if they don't start that way, somewhere along the line, they put it in their mind that they're good enough for themselves. They can do it on their own. And I can tell you right now, I can't do this. It's over my head. Right over my head it went. I used to look at my father and say, Pop, you, to be a short guy, you're awful tall. But truthfully, I, like I said, I can look back and know one day, he made up his mind, I want to know all about him. And when he got hungry, God began to work with him. When he got hungry, he began to get that hunger to be able to not only learn it and know it, but give it to someone else, to reach out and touch someone else. God knows exactly how to work that. So he's already brought it to him. He brought it, this mystery He's brought it to the leaders. He brought it to the apostles. He brought it through the prophets. He brought it through the word of God. These things that we read about, the, the Pharisees and scribes, if they'd have been spiritual people, guess what they would have known? They would have known Jesus Christ was of God. But they didn't know it. They couldn't see it. They ignored everything Isaiah wrote. They ignored what David wrote. And when it was brought to them, they tried to push it off. But they had the knowledge of the words. They were the only ones that knew, but they didn't, they didn't see it. Because why? There's a blindness. When you refuse Christ, when you refuse God's way, when you refuse to submit to who God is and that you are his servant, guess what? You ain't going to learn nothing. You're going to find yourself running a lot of dead walls. You're going to find yourself looking for something you can do, but it's most of the time to glorify yourself. And I can tell you, God can't use you. God's looking for somebody. He's looking for somebody just to get hungry, to know who he is, to know the love of God. I knew nothing until I knew the love of God. Nobody knows anything until they find out how much God loves them. Then all of a sudden, they want to read more. And it's been, Betty used to sing it, the love letters. It's a love letter. This is a love letter to you and me. God, through the presence of God, through the presence of those that followed his voice, they wrote these things down that you and I could not only receive, but we have a complete table full of things that we can come and ask and, and receive of him. I praise God for spiritual gifts. I praise God for the fruits of the Spirit. But can I tell you something? Don't let your spiritual gifts or anything else that you're doing lift you higher than you are. We are not to conform to what the world's doing. We're to be transformed with the mind of Christ. 
He never exalted himself. He never went to make a reputation for himself. He followed the word and the will of God all of his life. Ephesians 1, 9. Having made known the mystery of his will according to the, his good pleasure which he hath purposed in himself that in the dispensation of the fullness of time he might gather together. What is the will of God? What is the will of God? You want to hear it? This is it right here. I want to give you something that the gospel sent for. Listen to me. It says, verse 10, that in the dispensation of fullness of time he might gather together in one all things in Christ. That's the will of God. You hear what I just said? That's the will of God. He came to bring the Gentiles and the Jews together as one and everything brought in Christ. How many of you knows in Christ is where we got to be? In Christ is the will of the Father. That's why he had the plan of salvation, to bring us all to him. It's not that we... Put notches on our belt. Uh, look how many I got led to the Lord. Look how many things I've done in my life. Look how many sermons I've preached. Look how many songs that I'm, I'm pretty good at singing. Let me tell you something. That's not your notch. Your notch ain't what you're doing. That's not what God's talking about. God's talking about exalting him. God's talking about drawing people to him getting in one accord. You know why the enemy fights so much the unity in the church? He don't want you to be a one. He don't want you to lift up your brother in prayer. He don't want you to say, Lord, I pray you bless them even though I never really liked them. Bless them, Lord, to death. You know what? God makes you a different person. You're not going to do what the world does. It says, verse 10, that in the dispensation of fullness of time he may gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth. God's going to heal it all. He's going to heal what's going on in this earth. How many remembers what Jesus said when you prayed? Uh, Thy will be done in heaven as it is, or in, yeah, in, on earth as it is in heaven. I knew I'd get it wrong. But how many knows, Jesus knows exactly what his job was. That your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let me tell you something. God knows exactly how to bring it back together. That's the plan. It's his will. Verse 11. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him, talking about Christ, who works all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ. Let me tell you something. The apostles had one mission, and that is to bring this very gospel that they saw in Jesus Christ to the world that they had before them. And they only had a short time to do it before they were killed, just like Christ. They were martyred for bringing forth the truth. Everything opposed them. You, does it make you feel odd that the world opposes us? 
Don't you know they hate us? You think they don't hate you? Just try to speak up. Try to go to the council meeting and speak about Jesus. Try to go to the schools and have your kid do something about godliness, about Christ, and you'll find out how bad, how bad your school is. I don't care what, how good it looks. I don't care how good their sports program is. I don't care how good their education is. When you bring Christ into it, I'll tell you right now, they're going to turn on you. Why? Because it's a mystery to them. They can't see it. It's a mystery to some people in the church because they just don't understand why you got gifted, but I didn't get those gifts. Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit knows exactly what the Father's will. He don't do anything that he didn't go through the Father and the Son. They all work together as one. And they bring about what, they, what needs to happen. Verse 12, that we should be to the praise and glory who have first trust Christ, in whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Praise God. We've been grafted into the promises. We have the promises of God. They belong to us, Bobby. You know, they're mine. You can't have them. I'd love to give them to you and share them with you. But can I tell you, you can't take them away from me because they're mine. They're personal. I needed him. I desired him. I wanted to know him. I wanted to know, Lord, can you use me? I bet I've prayed that a thousand times. Lord, I can't do nothing for you. I'm not good enough. But it never was about that. I wasn't willing. And when I became willing and I began to hunger, and I said it, I'm not, not trying to toot my horn, but I was a pitiful reader. I was lucky to get through high school. If I hadn't, like I told you before, my wife wasn't with me, I wouldn't have made it. She went to high school with me. But the truth is I graduated. And I was so shocked when that paper had writing on it. I was sure he'd get in a blank piece of paper. 400 and 500 kids coming out of Aiken. And I thought, I'm going to get the only blank piece of paper in the whole bunch. That's how insecure I was. But can I tell you something? When I got hungry, God says, read my words. It ain't what somebody in a classroom or somebody else told you. You need to read what I said to you. This is my love letter. Love letter wrote to me. I'm nobody. Why would you show me, Lord? Why would you lift me up to do that? Lord, I, don't, I can't do that, Lord. I'm not good enough. I remember getting down on my knees on a train. And the train just rocking and rolling. I'm on the third unit. I'm not running it. I'm on the third unit. And the other engineer, he's on the front, an old guy, and I'm, I'm his backup. But I'm back here watching the other, supposed to be watching the other engines, make sure they're all running right. And I'm, it was dark, going through Kentucky, and I began to whine. And I got down on some newspaper on the floor, and I began to pray. Say, God, I ain't good at nothing. I ain't a good enough singer to make it. I can't even get in front of people and sing. I ain't good enough 
studying the Bible. I can't do that very good. All the excuses I give. And I'm on that train just winding away. And I said it before, probably the only time you're talking about an audible voice. Did you hear an audible voice? I thought, sure, I heard an audible voice. I stopped praying and turned around to look because I was sure somebody was standing behind me because four words came out. But I need workers. That's exactly what he said to me. He didn't want to hear my whining. He said, but I need workers. That's all he said to me, Ryan. Wasn't much. Hey, wasn't a whole lot. But guess what? It was a rebuke that came from him. I'll take a rebuke. When his presence hits me with a rebuke, at least I know he's talking to me. At least I know he heard my cry. And he answered my cry. Because he began to deal with me. How about studying harder? How about teaching a class? I got behind Ryan's daddy and they said they wanted, he wanted a substitute or somebody to stand in when he couldn't be there. And I started doing stuff like that. And believe it or not, I just began to do a little bit, a little bit at a time. Some people didn't like me at all. If they really knew, they knew I didn't know more than they did. But God put me there. And God made me work. My wife said I would study so much I couldn't have, I couldn't have spoke those things. Connie, I studied all week long for one little 30-minute class. Do you think that means, oh, you know, the only thing it meant was I was wanting it so much. Inside of my heart, God knew I wanted to be a child of the king. I wanted to fit where he wanted me to fit. I wanted his call, not mine. <clears throat> go, over to, go over to Ephesians 3. Verse 1. For this... Calls I Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for the gent for you Gentiles. If you heard, or if ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given to me to you, word, Paul was called to preach to the Gentiles. How that by revelation he made known to me the mystery, as I wrote afore in few words, whereby when you read you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body. Praise God, That's, that includes me and you. We're, the, we're just the old Gentiles. We didn't have no knowledge of who of Israel's God until Christ came and opened the door and brought salvation to us. And Paul, the one that every preacher wants to be like, the one that that uh, Paul seemed to be the one that the, the Spirit just began to follow, and he wrote to all these churches, and we read so many things about what Paul saw. But what Paul really saw was he saw that mystery that guess what? You can be in the body of Christ. You can be a child 
There's no respect of person. You know there's no respect of person. God loves every one of us equal. It's like that I said about the looking down from above. God sees every building. If he looked at New York, he'd see every building. All he sees is the top of them. He don't know how tall they are that way. Not looking down on them. Well, God looks down on you and I. He ain't looking how tall you are. He ain't looking how great you are. He's looking at you, your person. But he loves us all equally. It says, verse 4, Whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. I read that. Okay, let's read Verse uh, 6, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body, partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. That's how we got there, through the gospel. Look down at verse 9, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ to the intent that now unto principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. Let me tell you something. There ain't no replacement for an elder that knows the wisdom of God. You're talking about pillars in your church. You're talking about people that has walked through every trial just about in life. They have seen it, been around it. They have prayed through it. They have read through it. They can guide you in scripture. They can guide you in how to pray about it. Because why? They've been through that walk. They have learned the wisdom of God through the spirit that gives it to them. Are you getting wiser in God? Or are you getting farther away from his word? Because I can tell you, he wants to teach us. He wants to grow us up. He wants us to be strong. He wants us to be mature, complete. How many knows he's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle? That's me and you too. If I'm going, I want to go ready. I don't want to go unready. According to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by faith in him. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. This is after he talks about putting on the armor. And it says in verse 18, listen to what Paul says. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, that utterance, Paul gets personal here. He said, I want something special myself while I'm praying. He says, and for me, that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of, of the gospel. You know, the, the, our world don't understand the gospel. They think it's a religion. Don't you understand they're waiting for somebody that's got it in here? Somebody that understands 
that you know what? God can change your life. God can restore you to life. He can take your dead direction and give you the life direction. How many knows what I'm talking about? There is a place where we need to come to the place where we realize our life is wasted walking toward that dead end that the world is walking to. We need to follow through with him all the way. Verse 20, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Paul had the work before him, and he knew it must be done. He knew it was what he had to do, but he wanted God's backing. He wanted God behind him everywhere he stepped. He didn't want to step nowhere that God didn't tell him to go. You know, God calls special people for special things. He makes people in, in churches do different things. Some have great calls of different, different ways. And that's good because God uses it. But you know what? I don't condemn you because you don't do things like me. I want you to follow him yourself. Because, see, I don't know what the plan he has in you. I don't know the hunger that you may have in you. You may pass right by me going, going on to do something different. I have no idea what God's doing in that. But I know what God tells me. I praise God that I'm in a church that has freedom. You hear me? I want to be free. I want this church to stay free that the presence of God can come, that the presence of God can teach our children, that the Spirit will come upon our teachers, our preachers, our singers, and the musicians, and they can do the work that God gave them, every one of us. I pray that you're, if you're here and you got a business, that God blesses your business. You know why? Because God will use whatever he blesses to the good. God knows exactly how to bring a people together. Come on back up, Anna. I want to turn to Colossians. Paul wrote in Colossians this, verse 25 of the first chapter of Colossians. Whereunto I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given for me to you, to fulfill the word of God, even the mystery which hath been hid from the ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. It's not a mystery no more. When you find out that this gospel's alive, you hear what I just said? When you find out this gospel, it's not just church. See, when I went to church as a young person, it was just church time. Mom and dad drug us there, whether we wanted to or not. And, you know, Vicki would run down the street with her curlers hanging out her head because Pop said it's time to go. She's trying to catch the car. But I knew when dad got out and got in the car, he wasn't sitting there waiting on nobody. He was time to go. But can I tell you something? I always thought what they were doing was really good. But till I got saved, 
and I began to know the presence of God. I didn't know what they was doing. I didn't really know why. I knew the beautiful stories. I knew a lot of those things. I'd see people go to the altar and ten men would gather around one man and he would weep and cry and he would pray and they would all pray for him. Then all of a sudden, the Spirit of God had hit and they'd get excited and they'd get happy. And then we'd go home. We were usually the last people to leave, but I watched that until one day I got under conviction. Then I began to think, something's wrong with me. I don't even want to be here no more. I want to run from this. But see, God was working on me. He was showing me I needed to get in. I needed to find out what this mystery is about. What is it makes these people weep and cry over their sin and come to God and say, forgive me and make me new? What, what was it? How could I ever go back to being an innocent child again? I couldn't go back, not without help. And only Jesus paid that price. It says, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of, his, of the mystery among the Gentiles, which is, listen to this, which is Christ in you. What is this riches of the glory of the, of the, of the mystery among the Gentiles? It's Christ in you. Wow, that's a great statement when you've got Christ in you. That'll scare you if you ain't got Christ in you. But when he's in you, that thrills you in, inside and out. Because that is the mystery that the gospel brought forth, is bringing Christ to you. In you, you get in him, and guess what? You're in. You're on the inside looking out. You're not on the outside looking in, saying, I wish I understood what that was all about. No, I want to be inside. Don't be afraid of people gets blessed in the spirit and gets happy. Move a little closer to them. Next time you come in, sit right close to where they were sitting. Because if they get happy again, you want to get a little bit closer to the feeling. I tell you right now, I stand behind these young people and these singers, and I can't help but get excited. I just want to keep shouting. I want to say, let me sing too. I want to jump up in front of somebody sometimes. But they're doing a beautiful job. And I feel the presence of God. Don't you know that's the, that is the very precious mystery of the gospel. That we have it if we'll hold on to it. If we'll get it inside of us. It's what the world that keeps coming and walking in the door and looking and saying, what in the world are those people doing? They lost their mind. They need to get a hobby. They need to get something to do. There's peace and rest and joy in serving the Lord. Everybody stand if you would. Dear Lord, I'll be a witness if you will help my weakness. I know that I'm unworthy, 
Lord of you. By the eyes of faith, I see thee upon the cross of Calvary. Dear Lord, I ask, let me thy servant be. For surely there's a work that I can do. And even though it's humble, Lord, help my will to crumble. And though the cost be great, I'll work for you. He's a lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousands to my soul. He's a beautiful rose of Sharon. He's all the world to me. But most of all, he is my coming King. Jesus, use me. Please, Lord, don't refuse me. For surely there's a work that I that you don't know the mystery of God. The mystery of God and the growing up in Him because that is the mystery. That He can actually turn us to be the people of God. Full, complete, matured in Him. God's trying to do a great work today. But so many are half in. I'm not, not trying to judge nobody, put nobody down. But like it was said, you have to set this world aside and everything in it. It ain't God ain't trying to take it away from you. He's trying to tell you to put him first. Set your mind and your heart. Lord, I want to know you. I just don't want to know your story. I want to know all about you. I want to know who you are. I want you to get inside of me and show me how to walk and how to live. Paul said in Romans 25, For I would not, brethren, 
that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceit, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. And so all Israel shall be saved, as written, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. This is my covenant unto them, when I shall take away their sin. There's still a day coming when the Savior will come back and set up a kingdom, and it will be reign and rule, but he will set it up and rule over Israel, and Israel will see him, see the one that they completely missed. They will see him as he is, and they will be taken in. That is the mystery. The mystery is he's making the Gentile and the Jew become one body, one in him, all things in Christ. Praise God. God's trying to do this work, and the work has never changed. The work isn't how many, how many bottles of water you give out or how many good works you do in, this, in your ministry. It comes down being what God wants us to be and begin to love and to draw people to him to be in Christ I thank you for your patience today I know this is a message that's a little different I don't think I've ever preached in this but I want you to know something that mystery that used to haunt people oh I wish I could have been raised under their home I would have a different look I'd be more smarter about the gospel I'd be more smarter about spiritual gifts or things that ain't saving people what's saving people is when they find themselves getting in Christ and falling in love with him and setting their heart upon being his child, his servant. He calls us friends. He don't call us servants. He calls us friends. He loves you. No matter who you are or what you did or what you ever thought you weren't good enough to be, he has the plans for your life to fulfill you. Praise God. This altar is always open. If you need to pray, you come. If you're not... If you need prayer for anything, come. Let's go. 